Welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves, and congratulations, we made it. The final ATB of 2021 dropping for your listening pleasure right now. Next year, new year begins, and in a big way, WWE day one. Lots to get to, but I can't do it without my trusty sidekick. He is the Wilson to my Chuck Nolan. See if you got that reference. The voice of NXT 2.0, Vic Joseph. Vic, what's the word, my friend? I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to get through all this. And it's interesting you say we made it through the year because I've enjoyed being here for the year. Started in January upon this ship that we call After the Bell, after your first year. So I guess you're entering into what, season three next year of this I'm not entirely sure how the podcast programming thing works, works if it's a new season. And let me ask you, before we get any deeper, are are you broadcasting from the Barbie dream house, Vic? No. I'm seeing a whole lot of very dusty pink, quite a floral arrangement behind you. Uh, I mean, I know this is a podcast, but if you're watching it on uh, anywhere, look at that little like pink little cone. Is that from your princess unicorn? Your horn pierced the sky? My golden girls room that I have. Oh, well, you, you're just a regular. You like it. You kind of like it, don't Dubois. you? Well, thank you for being my friend. Anyway, we made it. We've got a big, big week in WWE. Less than 24 hours from now, day one, the official beginning to 2022. We're going to do it big live Atlanta, Georgia, WWE Network streaming on Peacock. You're not going to want to miss it. WWE title on the line. Big E defends against Seth Rollins. Kevin Owens, and the almighty Bobby Lashley in a fatal four-way for the coveted WWE Championship. Roman Reigns goes one-on-one with the Beast Incarnate, Brock Lesnar for the Universal title. Got Becky Lynch versus Liv Morgan in the rematch everybody's waiting for. Edge versus Miz, a Hall of Famer versus a future Hall of Famer, despite what's said on Monday Night Raw. Uh, This is a stacked card. We are kicking off 2022 in a big, big way. You know, from top to bottom, and it's it's interesting when I tune into Raw and, and I see you and Byron and, and Jimmy out there, I think to myself, man, what's there's some great stories. You know, we talked about it. I don't remember if it was on air or off air. I'll start with Edge and The Miz when The Miz said, hey, Edge, when was the last time you held a world title? Oh, yeah, I was in the main event against John Cena at WrestleMania. I mean, there's just so many things you can play back to there. Uh, Liv Morgan, Becky Lynch, love it. That fatal four-way, man. That's what's got me geeked the most because anything can happen. Look at the mathematics of it. Big E doesn't need to be factored in the decision, which always adds excitement to me. But Bobby Lashley again. We talked about it at the start of the year. Man, Bobby Lashley hitting on all cylinders. You go through the entire calendar, and it seems he's gotten better as the year has gone on, and he's hitting on a whole new level than he was before. So I'm really excited about that Fatal 4-Way match. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team 
at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. We're going to take a look back at some of our favorite moments of 2021. Later in the show, we're going to dive into the mailbag. But this isn't just about Saturday. It's not just about day one, Vic. You got a big night for yourselves in NXT 2.0 this coming Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, USA Network, NXT New Year's Evil. What a way to kick off 2022 for both the WWE and NXT Raw SmackDown superstars in the NXT 2.0. You, t- you take a look at that card as it sits right now triple threat match Cora Jade Raquel Gonzalez Mandy Rose really has a lot of different flavor in it to me Cora Jade's one of the newer superstars the aspiring superstars that 2.0 is all about Mandy Rose reinvented herself as we've talked about on this program Raquel Gonzalez has really been there since NXT black and gold but it's headlined by Braun Breaker who you've had a deep admiration about for everything he has done in such a short time and Tommaso Ciampa who's been the flag bearer for a number of years for the championship another rematch that a lot of people are excited about. So a lot of different flavors on that show should be really exciting. Yeah, I cannot wait. I think I'm going to uh, finally be satiated watching on Tuesday night. That's nights a scrabble when, word. Yeah, it sure is. I'm full of them. I think Braun Breaker is about to just snatch the crown from Tommaso Ciampa. I can't say enough. I try week after week. I gush about how impressed I've been with Braun Breaker. And you know what stands out to me most? It has been so damn long since somebody executed a Frankensteiner, not a Hurricane Rana, a spike you on top of your skull, finishing maneuver Frankensteiner, i.e. Scott Steiner, many, many moons ago, what Braun Breaker brings to the table, man. It's it's a throwback, but it's fresh. I'm all about it, and all due respect to Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa's been a warrior. I just have a feeling, man. It's, it's not even a, oh, I'm going to see which way this goes. In my heart, I feel like it has to happen. And if Braun Breaker doesn't win the NXT Championship at New Year's Evil, guess what? Maybe I've been wrong the whole time. Maybe I'm out. Maybe all of this pomp and circumstance sur- surrounding the hot new superstar on NXT 2.0 is all for naught if Braun Breaker doesn't get the job done. I'm curious to see. I'm definitely going to be watching. Our guest last week, Wade Barrett, one of the other voice of NXT, loves Braun Breaker, everything he does. I want to bring back up that Frankensteiner point that you brought up, though. I'm going to bring a curtain down real quick. I was sitting there when he was getting ready to make his big debut, wondering, should I call it the Frankensteiner or should I call it a Hurricane Rana? And I sat there and I argued with myself and said, no, because of this. Yes, because of. And I just said, bleep it. And I just did it. And. There we are. I guess you ask for forgiveness if you're going to get yelled at. But, about but it, it's different. It's a it's a different move. Nobody else in history, off the top of my head, I'm sure there have been a few executed it the same way, where it's almost like a it's a pile driver, basically. When you do it the way that Scotty Steiner did it, and what made it famous, which was just a freakish athleticism display anyway, and to see Braun breaking that out, and what a big physical specimen he is. We all know how I feel about Braun Breaker. I, I'm, I'm not going to move on. End the year gushing too much more. We've got a lot to get to. In fact, Vic, we have so much to get to. I feel like we might need a little bit more assistance with getting to what it is that we need to release into the WWE universe on this final day of 2021 and to help us navigate the mailbag. Please welcome back to the show our producer. You may recognize his voice, the dulcet tones of Mr. Alex Metz. Alex, what's the word, man? 
My tones are not as good as Wade Barrett's last week. I think he's my favorite voice in all of uh, I agree everything. completely. Like, I would listen to Wade read a phone book. Yeah, can I get him on my GPS? That's that's what I would love for him to tell me which turns I need to make. Going back to the great hair, Alex. You got great hair. I tell you every week. Appreciate it. I uh, going back to the Frankenstein.er Correct me if I'm wrong. Did mid '90s Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels bust out of Frankenstein.er every now and then? He did. He did, but not with the same impact. Yes, it was. I agree. Not his was like standing still, looking at you in the face, jumping up, getting a little help from the shoulders, flipping over a bunch of punches in the head. It wasn't like sure snap out of nowhere. You're Scotty Steiner. Yeah, Scotty looked like he was going to do a leapfrog over you, and And then then just just, somehow captured you with his legs and spiked your brain into the. Ground. I remember the HBK one because, and the, you know, this, of course, we're all a little bit nerdy, but this is uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game from the mid 90s. Oh, yeah. I remember that was because uh, I always played with HBK or Undertaker, and he had a great Frankensteiner in that game that I used quite a bit. <laughs> Undertaker used to throw little ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn it, Alex. Yoko is had that the, the salt one where, yeah. where Razor, if you did the knife edge chop, it turned into an actual toothpick? Oh yeah, that's right. His hand, his arm turned into a toothpick. Toothpick, and then he chopped it. Seems counterproductive. Yes, I mean, right. I would I'm going to hit like somebody. An, I'm going to need something a little more substantial than a toothpick. Well, it, it it looked like a toothpick. It was probably more of a two by four because it was you know his arm. But I agree. You would think a toothpick a would break. Game. I would rather use my arm. Yes, but great video game. Loved that. Played that on the Sega Genesis quite a bit back in the day. You and me both. But Alex, we have been waiting for this day for. Quite some time now. You have compiled a list of have some we? of these hot That's questions. That's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to make it sound dramatic, all right? Okay, sorry. I'm not trying to limp across the finish line for the Fair last enough. show. The last Coming in ATV strong, Alex. Damn it. A lot, lot of racing and boat analogies on this show all the time. We're always... Because <laughs> it's a finish line. It's the end of yes, the year. Listen, right. I, get one, I get one thought process in my mind when I sit down at this here computer in the lair to broadcast ATB, and I really just try to stick with it. And okay. Vic does his best to derail me each and every week, which I usually leads not. to... Uh, come on now. Anyway, eh. Alex, what's in the mailbag? Sure, we got some questions to end the year with, so let's have a little fun here. Let's start with STV Sports 554 who asks, using the hashtag AskATB, which superstar would you like to see potentially return to the ring in 2022? Whew, that's a tough one. And Vic, I'm going to defer to you because I need a moment to process this and really think about who we have not seen in quite some time. I appreciate you stretching that to help me get my thought process going to help process your thought. Here. I should so point that's out what that professionals do. I should point out that uh, Vic and Graves do not see these questions in advance, so they are a hundred percent put on the spot here on ATB during the mailbag segment. So they got to do their best to come up with something good in a very short time span. I'll, I'll give you one, and this isn't for a personal appearance. This isn't for a special day. This isn't to be a guest commentator or a special guest referee. If I could have one superstar return for a match, it would be in Texas at WrestleMania. You hear the glass and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin for one more match. That's why I said not a special appearance, not to be in a special guest referee, not an enforcer for one more match. I would love to see Austin dust off the boots one more time and stomp a mud hole in someone. I'm not going to argue with you. I don't think anybody would argue with what an amazing moment that truly would be. 
Lord knows Stone Cold still in ring shape. Every time you sure see is, him, is. he's more and more <laughs> jacked, just looking fantastic, keeping keeping holding things down on the Broken Skull Ranch. Uh, while you were answering your question, I decided I think I'm going to pivot a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction. Someone we have seen somewhat recently, but it has been a while. And when we last saw this superstar, it truly turned an entire division upside down on its head. I hope we see the return of Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Uh-huh. I don't know all the ins and outs of contract details. And we we know that Ronda just became a mother and, and is doing her best with that job, which it is a full-time, as you and I can both attest, Vic, being a, a parent. Uh, but I want to see Ronda throw some hands and beat somebody up. And you've got... Big time Beck sitting on top of the mountain on Raw. On SmackDown, you still got Charlotte Flair. You got a lot of new superstars. What would a matchup between Ronda Rousey and Bianca Belair look like? I mean, think of the the possibilities. They're truly endless. And it's been a while since Ronda's been in the ring. Curious to see, has she improved? Has she taken a step back? I just think there's something very, very exciting when Ronda Rousey's involved in WWE. And I'm hoping that sometime, at some point in 2022, real life permitting... We see Ronda throw down in a ring again. Alex, you know, Graves has a, a, a weird knack of throwing things out into the universe and having them come true. Well, we should point out that, of course, this is just you guys putting your fan caps on and talking about who you would like to see. We, of yes, course, know that I think we've no, established that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about yeah, most well, of the that's time. What I was Alex. trying to put it nicely, Graves, yes. But yeah, that's what I was, that was, what is, I was getting to. This is to. just me spitting. Hey, how, how would, what would make WWE most enjoyable for Corey Graves? Sure. That's all. That's all this is. Let's move on to the next question. This one comes from Ashley Barr. She wants to know, hey guys, going to my first ever WWE live event very soon. What advice would you give someone who has actually never been to a WWE live show before? Oh, Let me handle this one, Vic, up front. Just be in the moment. Uh, Just enjoy it. You are spending your hard-earned money, or maybe it was a gift. However you obtained your tickets is irrelevant. Go to the WWE live event and be a fan. Just be in the moment. If you feel like cheering, cheer your face off. If you want to boo, boo vociferously. Just enjoy it. Don't worry about what the guy the next row over is doing from you or the person sitting behind you or in front of you. Just have fun. It is a release unlike any other form of live entertainment. Because if you go to a pro sports game, generally you only yell or scream when something really good or really bad happens. When your team makes a great play or they score, yay, it's joy, it's excitement. If they get their asses handed to them, it's kind of a miserable experience more often than not. WWE, man, it's it's like going to a Broadway play but have being able to interact with the characters that you're seeing on the stage. And when you see Roman Reigns walk to the ring, that is Roman Reigns. You are that close to him. You can see how big and impressive he is in real life. Just be a fan. Afterwards, when you tell your friends or you get on the internet and write up what you thought and what you liked and you didn't like, great, it's all fine. It's all well and good. But just be in it and enjoy the experience that is. Because when you don't take yourself too seriously, and you don't take what you're enjoying too seriously and you realize, hey, this is just a chance to have a release, to just have fun and engage with some of my favorite superstars up and down the roster and just hear the music and feel the energy of the crowd. Just be in it. There's not much I can, more I could add to that because I agree 100% what Graves said. Uh, Ashley is her name, Alex? Yes, Ashley Ash- Barr, yes. You know, Ashley, if you're listening, I, I would tell you too, 
a WWE live event is everything Corey just imagined. It's it's theatrics, it's sport, it's also a rock show because you got lasers going on, you got lights flying around. It's everything molded into one night in one moment. And don't worry about anyone else. We love to hear everybody cheer and boo. Be you. And, and That's Vic, what I, would I say. I think you might have actually done it more accurately than I did. I was attempting to. It is a rock show. It's a rock concert. You can cheer when you want. If it's a song that maybe the guy next to you doesn't know and you love it, you sing along with every word. You uh, jump up and down. You just, just be in it and make it yours, and it will be an unforgettable night. And I hope you enjoy every second of it. Ashley, good luck at your first uh, WWE live event. It, it, again, when Edge's theme song hits, on this day, everyone sings it. Everyone's there screaming. Even at NXT shows, Tommaso comes out. He's getting ready to enter the ring. No one will survive. The crowd goes for it. You know, have fun. Just let loose. You don't have to be uptight sitting on your hands. Why would you do that at a WWE live show? So just let your hair out, Ashley. Have fun. Let your hair down. Let your hair out. down, yeah. Yeah, down, out, whatever. <laughs> don't, Ashley, do please with do your not hair, shave Ashley. your head before yeah. going to a WWE live show. <laughs> Follow up on that, guys. Do either of you remember the first time you saw WWE live sure as a do. fan growing up? Vic? Sure do. It was around uh, holidays, Richfield Coliseum, which no longer exists. The home of the Cavs was the home of three of the first four Survivor Series. A little fun tidbit if you're listening. Wow. Why? Why? Do you know the significance there? Why that was always, Survivor Series was always in Cleveland? Never. It was in. It was, it was so technically. <laughs> it, Prove me wrong. I don't have any evidence behind my statement, but I might stand by it. We got a great deal on the building. Go ahead. That's right. Technically, it wasn't in Cleveland. It was in Richfield, Ohio, which was outside of Cleveland. It was the home of the Cavs who did not play in Cleveland for uh, the first, I think, like 20 plus years of their existence. anywhere else in the country for that matter. Okay, that's not okay. You can stop. And when it comes to that event, my dad told me we were going to an ISDA function. The Italian Sons and Daughters Association of America. That is a real thing that is not made up. When we walked in to the arena, I was probably six or seven. Well, I was 94, so I was I was, uh, I was was eight or nine. Uh, we walked in, I saw the ring, and I was like, holy You were like, I am going to have to wrestle all of the Italian Sons and Daughters in Richville, <laughs> Ohio. I walked down, and I'm thinking, where's our seats? And we're getting closer and closer, and we were front row. I'm talking Mr. Perfect against Shawn Michaels. Randy Savage was there. I, I smacked Savage's back, but... I wish you'd have punched you in the face. No. <laughs> but I got Bret Hart's glasses that night, and I still have them in a shadow box to this day. I think I've told that story on air here before. Uh, so that was my first event ever. I'll never forget it, and that's what hooked me for life. I had a very similar experience, Vic. Uh, we got to the Civic Arena, which no longer exists, and my dad... Uh, led us out toward the floor. And I remember looking up at my dad going, oh my God, I've always wanted to sit on the floor for a WWE event. And we kept going closer and closer, ended up in the front row. The main event that night, Bret the Hitman Hart versus The Undertaker for the WWE Championship. Uh, an unbelievable night, but what, what stands out to my dad to this day, and he brings it up, he might, he might bring it up like the next time I see him. It's that frequent. The time we went and sat front row and the ringside attendant swept Henry O. Godwin's bucket O. Slop right to our feet, the, the, the remnants of what was left over, and it was coleslaw. 
And my young mind was just baffled and blown away. And somehow Henry O. Godwin didn't seem like such a dastardly person because it was just coleslaw. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like rotten, disgusting fish heads and, and apple cores and all this gross stuff. It, it was coleslaw. So it kind of took the, the bite out of it. But I do remember the main event, Bret Hart, Undertaker. Afterwards, as my younger brother and my dad and I were leaving the arena, we happened to pass a merchandise table where a gentleman happened to be holding Bret Hart's WWE Championship. The actual title, the winged eagle, as the belt community likes to refer to it. I've never seen an eagle without wings, but that <laughs> title. And you can have a Polaroid, and we still have it to this day. I believe it's at my parents' house. It's my dad, my younger brother, and I all together holding the WWE Championship, uh, which is kind of turned into that's a That's a nice really, little memento. Yeah, yeah a cool little cool. memento these this this the second time in a matter of this month that you've blown my mind Why? and ruined childhood. Why? One, the bucket of slop I thought was the same thing you did. I did not know that it was cold. Well, I think we all did. Now. Yeah. I, I and two, the Pez thing you sent me were how to load a Pez dispenser from the bottom rather than doing it individually. So that's twice now this yeah, month. Yeah, that and I can't even explain that without visual uh, accompaniment. Unreal. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to track it down and see if we can't get that put up on some of the ATB socials to blow your minds as well and really, really realize that your childhood was in fact. A lie. How many times did you just like want to break your Pez dispenser in half because you couldn't get the damn thing loaded properly? And now it turns out we were doing it wrong the whole time. The whole time. Yeah. It's unbelievable. How did no, I've been to Pez headquarters. I was actually in the headquarters of Pez Candy in Connecticut and I never, never had any idea that there was a proper way to load Pez and that myself and everyone basically on earth has been doing it incorrectly since then. Mind blown. Before the next question, guys, I was just sitting here thinking about this as you're telling your stories of your first WWE events. Uh, Vic, you and I are close in age. Uh, Graves is similar. You're a little bit older than the, than the two of us. But thinking about when we became fans of WWE and, you know, that time period, 92, 93, 94, 95, historically is always talked about now that business was down during that, that point in time and that WWE, it's kind of what led to the Attitude Era because they felt they needed to change with the times and to kind of keep the train moving. It is remarkable that we kind of all became fans of the WWE at that time, even though it was during a down part of the business where like creative wasn't the best characters were not, were a little bit more cartoonish and hokier than we're used to. It's, it's amazing that we still saw the product and went, Oh, this is something I'm going to spend time with for the rest of my life. Really? It, that is an interesting way of, of putting it because growing up, I didn't have cable. So I only had WWE superstars, which aired Saturday at 10 AM. And the other thing I had was WWE magazine that I would right. go to the local drug mart in Cleveland and my mom would purchase it for me once once a month. That was it. Uh, we never ordered pay-per-views. We didn't have internet to go look things up. And I had Hasbro figures. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting what your mind grabs onto as a kid. And then growing up with it, yes, finally getting cable, ordering pay-per-views, added to their attending events um, and, and sticking with it. But yeah, that's a great point. It's very interesting to think of how we all got sucked into it at the at the low point. Yeah, and especially because it, it just goes to show you all it really takes is one or two talents to really make you a fan for life. At that time, it was Bret Hart, it was Sean, and it was Undertaker. And that's kind of like, even though the rest of it was could have been viewed as good or bad or however you want to look at it, those guys kept it together, and that's what made a lot of us fans fans for life is watching I, at that I'm, point in time. I think I'm a little bit older than you. It was Hogan and my best friend, yeah, like the Hogan ultimate warrior. Bit, yeah. 
So sure. those were, you know, the two growing up. And then we had wrestling buddies. I remember one Christmas I got yeah. all four wrestling buddies. It was like Hogan, Warrior, Macho, uh, Man. Uh, yeah. uh, Macho King, yeah. and Boss Man were the four uh, yeah. yep. that I had. So that's what I remember from my childhood. I don't remember pay-per-view events and, and anything no. like that and ordering and sitting there on Sunday night all fired up. But, yeah, that's that's a – so great, interesting way of looking at it. Now. Those are some of Vic's most fond memories of his childhood because he That's didn't see it. sunlight till he was nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> You're on one today, aren't you? I guess. I don't know. You I'm know, excited. If, if I somehow make it to back to Raw to visit and I find you taking a nap, I'm shaving one half of your mustache off. Ah, Vic, come on now. Get a, I, I, I don't sleep. Yeah, it's true. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. They stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. At Wrestling Jeebus wants to know, using the hashtag AskATB, what is one movie that you guys dislike, but everyone else you know seems to love? Anchorman. I hate Anchorman. Hate, hate, hate Anchorman. I love Will Ferrell. I love basically everybody in Anchorman. I like a lot of the absurdity of that style of movie. You know, I mean, everything from old school. I mean, I like Blades of Glory, for God's sake. But oh, for, underrated. for some reason... Anchorman to me is just not funny. Anchorman to me feels like a bunch of writers and comedians got together and said, what are the most outrageous phrases we can think of? And let's just cobble them into a movie and try to make it into dialogue. Like to me, it's just not funny. 
and, and again, it's not an indictment on any of the, because I'm a fan of basically everybody in the movie and most of the things that all of those people have done since. So I'm not crapping on anybody. I just, for me, Anchorman sucks so much so that Carmela had, had argued with me for weeks. She said, I can't believe you don't like Anchorman. How long has it been since you've seen it? And I said, I don't know, probably at least 10 years. She said, okay, I want you to go back and watch it again. So we did. I even had a few cocktails to help enhance the experience. Sitting on the couch, halfway through, I was like, I, I can't. This is just not funny to me. <laughs> and, and I get in that, I tell people that, and to a person, everyone goes, what? You're kidding me. You don't like Anchorman? No, I don't like Anchorman. Even though I'm like becoming Ron Burgundy in real life. Yes. Maybe that's why it hits a little too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> he stole your asset. Scotchy, scotch, scotch. I can relate to that. <laughs> Uh, down in my belly. Uh, I would go with Napoleon Dynamite. A lot of my friends like Napoleon Dynamite. I started watching it, and I I might have gotten 15 minutes in. I said, this is the dumbest thing I have ever watched. I continually was looking at my phone to see what time it was as this movie was going on. And everyone has the vote for Pedro's, and everyone knows that I've seen it one time, don't need to see it again, never will watch it again. I, I think that movie just stands out for probably all the wrong reasons. It was just so weird and unusual yep. and awkward. I love it. I think Napoleon Dynamite's hilarious, but I guess it just kind of comes down to, to you know, personal Tater taste. tots in the pocket. Like, I laugh about it. Like, I'm like, oh, tater tots, but put the movie on. I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm dying. One time, I'm out. There you have it. Graves, uh, did you always hate Anchorman? Like, was it like first time you yeah, saw it? Yeah, like, the it, first it, time I, I saw it, I okay. was like, I almost did it backwards. Like, where I, I want to say I saw Anchorman prior to learning and becoming a fan of Will Ferrell. Yeah. And, and like, Step Brothers is one of my favorite movies. I, I laugh. I can quote that thing start to finish. And I still laugh after seeing it probably 55 times. Just, I don't know what it is. Just Anchorman to me just felt so absurd that it was, it was just like too much. Like, like it felt like it was absurd for the sake of trying to be absurd, not absurd in like a Napoleon dynamite manner, which was just awkward and uncomfortable. Like, what are we, what are we watching here? That that's the vibe I got from that. And it was so weird that it, I find it entertaining, but just Anchorman to me just has never, never done it. Fair enough. I, I, cause, cause I could see like Anchorman as like, that was such a popular movie when it came out and like everybody was talking about it and like rewatching it then came out on DVD and everyone's all watching Anchorman in my head. Like I could see maybe after seeing it several times or just like, okay, I'm kind of like this movie doesn't do it for me. Anymore. I'm that way with wedding crashers. I've seen wedding crashers so oh, many times. I could watch this movie at any my time. My roommate Tyler in college watched it legitimately every day where we kept a counter at one point and we got up to three months. He watched wow. it every single day in the afternoon. He thought it was so funny that I was just like, I, I'm burned out on it. At Kane Slam 716 uses the, the mayor. Hash, this is the mayor. Uses hashtag ask ATB. Gentlemen, when you're in Starbucks, what is your go-to order? I'm going to see if Vic remembers what my go-to order is because for many moons, Vic He's would got a black ice coffee. Black ice coffee for graves. All right, there we go. That's all he wanted. If, I, if, we, want, if we want to be specific, it's a Trenta... Uh, Black cold brew, but black iced coffee. Black iced coffee does the trick. Uh, so, because I would always get Graves of coffee in the morning. We talked about that last week. Uh, I used to like the iced caramel macchiatos and all that stuff, right? It, until I started driving and riding with Graves is when I got turned on to the just, you don't need all that BS. Just get a black cold brew. I use a little extra ice and that's, that, that's what it is in the winter though. Like right now I'll get a peppermint mocha with no whip, but outside of the month of December, it's an cold brew with extra ice. 
I'll, I'll admit to varying slightly at certain times a year. I am a basic bitch when it comes to pumpkin spice latte with almond milk. I think it actually makes it more basic now. What the hell's happened to you? Yeah. Well, it's only for, you know, small windows. And I actually sampled the sugar cookie latte. What did you think? I was a fan. I could have, I could, I can't do a a whole, like a grande or a, uh, a venti. I could stick with like a, the smaller two sizes. Because it's a little too sweet, but once in a blue moon, it's a nice, it's a nice treat. A strawberry refresher, by the way, in the afternoon when I was regularly on the road, I'd go get means. a, I'd go get a strawberry refresher. For you strike Starbucks. me as a strawberry refresher guy. Is it's that just, your whole decor? Is that tea? What is that? It's literally water and strawberries. Oh, okay. Wow. I thought it was more complicated. Just, <laughs> just when you think you, they, they've run out of clever ways to sell us the same nonsensical. Frosty would always get me one because he got me on him. He drinks the dragon fruit water thing from Starbucks. Shout out Frosty. Do you feel the cold brew gives you a little more of a than the uh, than the regular coffee does? I kind of feel like that. I really just got tired of burning my mouth <laughs> for years yeah. and years and years. Like, and I when I get my coffee, I want to drink it. I don't want to have to wait thirty minutes for it to become like drinkable. So I just like you know what I'm I'm gonna lean way into this I'm gonna go iced coffee and it's kind of remained the same ever since. Yeah, I don't do the sweet cold foam and such. So I just want the coffee. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. any of that other crap. All right, next in the mailbag. So this is kind of leaning into our fantasy booking slash rebooking the territory oh, slash what if kind of stuff. Right. So of course we all remember the famous moment in uh, the Attitude Era where Mr. McMahon reveals himself as the higher power. It was me, Austin. It was me all along. Well, Roger McDougar wants to know, if it wasn't Mr. McMahon, who could you have seen being the higher power in the Ministry of Darkness during the Attitude Era? Kind of a tough one, actually, but interesting to think about. Hear me out on this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you my answer as I work it out, as I speak it. So forgive me if this gets a little roundabout or long-winded. I think at that particular time in WWE, Mr. McMahon is the only person it could have been. Because to me, and this is the best of my recollection, there was no free agent or hot independent star or anybody that had sort of a buzz because this wasn't quite that era yet where people knew all the spoilers and knew contract negotiations. And this guy might be jumping from WCW. It was still a little bit better kept as a secret. Um, So to me, you have The Undertaker, who is this supernatural being. Right? He's not a regular superstar. He's the Undertaker. But somebody is pulling the Undertaker's strings. Who can it be? To me, the only person that fit in the WWE realm at the time would have been Mr. McMahon. And I look at it like this because I try to compare so much about our business to the movie business. And I think about Mr. McMahon and the character at that time and what a parallel it was to Al Pacino as John Milton in The Devil's Advocate. Have you seen it? Yeah, I know. It's a great comparison. I don't Al know where Pacino, you pulled that one out of, but that's a spoiler, great comparison. Spoiler alert, but in The Devil's Advocate, if you haven't seen that, starring Keanu Reeves and Al Pacino <laughs> and Charlize Theron. Yeah, hell of a movie. I that, love excellent. it. It's it's one of my favorites. But John Milton is the devil himself. And it, it's it's all about, it's got biblical over, undertones and, and it's very, very, I don't want to say similar to the situation, but if somebody is pulling the ultimate evil strings. It's got to be evil itself. And Mr. McMahon as John Milton had to be the higher power. Did that make sense? I'm a little proud of that one. (laughs) That one was, that's good. I can't think of anyone else, but Mr. McMahon at the time, you can look at it and go, well, 
What if it was Shane or Shane might've worked. Shane might've worked. Yeah. He had kind of been established a little bit at that point. Yeah. That's right. the only person I can think of. If you're really getting into fantasy situations and people are jumping ship and you, you know, everything's thrown out the window at, at that point, what if Eric Bischoff's contract ran up and they just pulled him over and then it was revealed to be him. And he was there to, you know, kill WWE for, you know, you could have done some you, serious. That could, that yeah, way it would have had to have been someone of that, ilk, of that magnitude bigger than just a superstar. Yeah, it, it had to have been be, like Paul Bear again. You know, right. it, it had to be something that you didn't see coming. So I, that's a great question, but I think there's only one answer to it, and it's what happened. It couldn't have been Henry O. Godwin and a bucket of slob is what we're getting. A at. Bucket of slaw, the way I mean, it sounds. Pre, yeah, pre-coleslaw, <laughs> Henry O. Perhaps, but Naked Midian could have been the one that took off the thing and could have been the, the higher power. All right, staying in the uh, staying in the wrestling realm, Bill Childress asks using ha- hashtag AskATB. Would love to know you. Uh, would love to know of the masked wrestlers, luchadors, or masked wrestlers. Who did you think had the best mask? Oof. Not necessarily who was the best overall talent, but whose mask was the best? Okay, I, I got a couple answers for this one. Obviously, at the top of the list, you you can't. I want to preface this answer by saying. Ray Mysterio trumps everything. Yeah, right. Good. Okay. I, Just I was gonna, yeah. In a body of work manner, Ray Mysterio refers to himself as the greatest mask of all time. And I will I will defend that to I till I go to my grave. I, I truly believe Ray is the greatest of all time. I've never been particularly enamored with Ray's mask. It's sort of a traditional lucha mask. He's, you know, dressed it up a little bit. Sometimes he does the mohawk. I have to actually look outside the the walls of WWE for some of my favorites. Aside from a man who had a cup of coffee in WWE that I think we'd all rather forget, Ultimo Dragon's mask to me was always so cool because he had the shoulder pads and it just looked different. It didn't look like a traditional Lucha Libre mask. In Japan, I always thought Hayabusa had an amazing mask. He almost, his whole thing is the, the Falcon and the Vibe it looked kind of like a Power Ranger a little bit. And full disclosure, when I first broke into the business before I was legally old enough to wrestle in front of a crowd in the state of Pennsylvania, uh, we decided, hey, let's just throw a mask on the kid. And I had a custom-made mask designed that had the Hayabusa mouthpiece over it. The rest of it was very different. There was the, the eyes, everything was totally different, the sides. Uh, but the mask, that mouthpiece, the sort of Power Ranger-esque mouthpiece I always thought looked really, really cool. I think those are two of my favorites. And I'd be remiss if I didn't give credit to the great Muda, who sort of innovated the entrance mask. Muda, of course, was known for his paint. As he got later in the years, he started, he was really the first to have the custom sort of theatrical rubber mask to wear during the match. And they all had different themes and looks. And there was a Terminator and there was a dragon and they were all super unique and wild. And as as Muda progressed, he has some of the greatest masks in the history of the business. I would say one of the first masked superstars I remember seeing was um, before Rey Mysterio, and it was Mil Mascaris. And I just always thought his are just so cool because they're so just classic. They're just classic sure. masks. I had the opportunity to call Mil Mascaris match once, and I thought it was the coolest honor was to be able to say I've called a Mil Mascaris match. And what was interesting to me was when he was standing in line at the casino, he was wearing his mask. Yep. And when he was standing in line to check into the hotel, wearing his mask. And when he was in the locker room walking out of the shower, he was wearing his mask. So I always thought that that was cool. It's something I always remembered. So it might be a cheesy answer of back in the day, but I'd go Mil Mascaris just because they're just, just classic vintage masks. 
I would say Ray and Mill Maskers are probably the two masks when you think of like Lucha Libre, like those are the masks you think of, right? They're like the two probably most sure. popular and most famous. El, El Santo, you have to El Santo too, yeah. Pop culture. Absolutely. Are there any non-Lucha masks that that stick out to you guys that superstars wear? Like, because like to me, like Vader, like the Vader mask always was always one of my favorites. And that one always kind of stuck out to me as like a non-Lucha mask that I enjoyed. Yeah, the was, Undertaker Phantom of the Opera era mask. I knew you were going to say that. I, <laughs> <laughs> that was always pretty cool. Which was also, I believe, functional because if, if it was, I have yeah. my facts correct, Taker had a broken orbital bone and actually correct. needed that for protection. And I thought that was pretty cool. scary as hell. I thought that was awesome. Moving along, at Mr. Tuesday Night 215 on Twitter wants to know, no spoilers, guys, but have either of you seen or plan on seeing the new Spider-Man movie? And are you big fans of the Marvel MC universe? I, I won't go see Spider-Man. One movie I walked out on halfway through was, I think, one of the... Oh, no, that was Superman. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Superman or Spider-Man. Oh, Jesus, Vic, you can't tell the difference between Superman and Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, Your opinion's about, invalid. I don't care about either of them. I was trying to remember what movie it was because I've only seen one Spider-Man in theaters. I've never bought into the Spider-Man movie or character. Uh, Batman, different story, but if it's not Batman, don't care about it. I'm with you. I, I prefer Batman. I'm, I think I've grew up more of a DC guy than a Marvel guy. That said, I dig most of the Marvel movies. There's just too many for me to keep up with. I dropped, I dropped my son off at the theater last week to see the new Spider-Man, and he called me at the end and told me it was the greatest movie he'd ever seen yeah. in his 13 years on this planet. <laughs> he seen so, I mean, Gun? <laughs> he's 13, Vic. Put it it's in. about that time. It's, it's about, about that, that time. You're right. About that time for him to go to the danger zone. Yeah. I'll tell you that. Point, like you strike taken. me as someone who Top Gun is your favorite movie. Oh, that, it is 100. Like that's not a joke. Graves can back yeah, that up. No, that's that's not a gimmick. That's 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 part of his life. identity as a human being. It's like Vic likes Cleveland Browns football and Top Gun. Boom. Yeah, but I I I am a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Just to me, there's just too much. I just can't keep up with it. And and the minute I start to get into something, it's like here's four more. Like. I started watching one movie and then the next movie came out before I like, there's just too much, which I understand how people get overwhelmed with entertainment. I don't know which path to, to follow when it comes to that. But uh, generally speaking, I enjoy them. I'm sure someday at some point I will see the new Spider-Man. Did you have a, uh, of the ones you saw Graves, did you have one that you liked the best? I liked all the Iron Mans. Yeah. I think those are my favorite. I saw the, uh, what is it, Endgame, the, the Avengers, Avengers Endgame, yeah. with Thanos. I thought that was really good. I just don't, and this is going to sound hypocritical from a guy who calls three hours of pro wrestling each and every week. Uh, I find it hard to sit through anything for three hours. Uh, but luckily with Endgame, I split up into two. I watch like half of it and then watch the other half the next day. I dig it. I, I, I'm not disparaging them in any way. I think they're all pretty solid movies. I don't know enough about what gets everybody wound up and people, I mean, I think people, if there's one fandom that I think is more intense than wrestling, it might be comic books. Whereas if you, and comic books are so all over the place, you've had all these different authors write the same characters and these characters in different situations. And it's all, oh, I like Jim Lee, Superman versus the, it, people get really, really intense about what they like in their comics. And that to me is just never, I, I'm more of a casual fan of comic books. I know enough to be dangerous. I can have a conversation. If you name somebody, chances are I probably know who they are. I've heard of them. But when it comes to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and this guy's showing up in that guy's movie and this person saved them because of something that happened 20 years ago, I just don't have that level of fandom. 
Um, but I, I am a fan, I would generally say. When I was a kid uh, was when the comic, The Death of Superman came out. And if oh, you remember, yeah, I remember that. So, of course, my, my grandmother bought me one because she, you know, there was a lot of hype around it. It was in that black plastic with the bleeding Superman logo on the front. And they're like, don't ever open this. Don't ever read it because it's going to be worth a lot of money when you're older. And, of course, it was the most popular Superman comic of all time. They flooded the market with it, and it's worth nothing today. Yeah. But <laughs> that, that was pretty much my involvement in comic books my, my entire life. Uh, these last two I'm going to go through really quickly so we can get to your end of your list, uh, year list, guys. Uh, at Debo Sam fan on Twitter uses the hashtag AskATB and wants to know, uh, guys, what music, albums, or songs did you listen to the most in 2021? Not necessarily like a, like a top five list or anything like that, but like, what did you find yourself going back to a lot in 2021 on the uh, Spotify list there? So Vic and I commiserate frequently about how we miss the drives in between towns, which obviously... WWE didn't really get back into full swing until about summertime. And even still, I'm not doing live events, nor are you, Vic. So it's kind of fly, airport, hotel, arena, hotel, back to the airport and back. When I'm flying, I've got way too much weird meditation, 528 hertz uh, relaxation music on my phone because I like to sleep on planes. Uh, but I usually do most of my musical exploration in the car, but I haven't spent nearly as much time in the car. So I'm falling back to some older stuff. I'm kind of revisiting. Um, for some reason, I went down a Van Halen hole a few weeks ago. And it's funny how I got to TV on Monday at Raw and I was chatting with Edge about it and MVP. And, and we just start going down this rabbit hole. And now I'm like, oh, I got to check this album out. So I'm actually kind of right now currently diving back into stuff that I haven't listened to in way, way too long and sort of re-experiencing it. Uh, but as far as anything brand new, I, I'm, I'm still kind of out of the loop. I, I hate to admit that. Yeah, I, I don't really listen to much modern music, but Kiss is always- Carly Rae like, Jepsen. Well, yeah, Carly <laughs> Rae Jepsen, but she has, I mean, the emotion I mean, side modern, B still, still gets me right here. I always go back to Kiss. Kiss is, and we've talked about that at nauseum on this show enough, but back to Graves' point, it was fun to be on the road on those trips because there were songs we would all forget about. It was you, Mikey, and Renee, our little car, and we would just put on, Phil Collins would pop up, and we'd be like, oh, what about that? Meatloaf came on one time. We did like an hour of Meatloaf songs, so I'm not really much in the music because unlike Graves, I don't have to travel as much. I only get on an airplane to fly for holidays because I just drive down the street. So my music isn't isn't there. If I do, it, it's it's probably Kiss or uh, Guns N' Roses. So you're not the kind of guy where like if you're at home making dinner or just hanging around the house, you're not putting putting your Spotify or, no. or a CD on or an album or whatever. Mackenzie will say, "Hey, uh, Google Play Top 40. and Got then it. those songs come on. But I'm Sirius XM even in the car, and that's. 80s on the 8 and Great channel. Hair Nation are, are, are the two that I listen to. So. All right. And finally, we discussed this question a little bit beforehand just because this actually wasn't submitted by anyone. It just kind of came up as we were talking, but uh, before we started the show. So we're just going to use uh, just ask this question as if it came from somebody. What is your go-to TV show to watch when you are trying to fall asleep at night? Now, of course, this would have to mean you have a TV in your bedroom or you, you're busting out your phone or your tablet or your laptop to watch something. But do you guys need something to fall asleep at night on the screen? And if so, what is your go-to programming? I have never been one to fall asleep with the television on for the majority of my life. However, my life partner uh, seems to not be able to fall asleep without a show on. So I've learned to kind of get in that mindset. We have a few that we rotate through. That 70s show was one of them. Um, 
The Office. Seinfeld has recently made it into the rotation. Something light, nothing to uh, married with children is always a good one. Uh, they're easy to go back and rewatch. But I don't. If I'm by myself and I'm trying to get myself ready for bed, it's usually something a little darker, a little deeper. I'm a big first forty-eight guy. You know, nothing puts me to sleep quite like murder. Yeah, I was going to say, you can uh, fall asleep to that. Uh, and, and look, I, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I am hooked on most of like the A&E slate of shows. Like my 600-pound life, love it. Hoarders, love it. And I think it's because psychologically, we all as a society love these shows because they make us feel better about ourselves. I like, and it's going to make me, I'm going to catch hell for this, but I don't care. Corey Graves likes to watch these shows because he feels better than the people on the television, which I do. Now, here's the thing. If you make it to the end of the episode of Hoarders or particularly 600 pound life, generally these people will get help and they, they go through like the psychologists and these people live this horrible trauma and it makes sense why they're unhealthy and it, it makes you really kind of root for them. And, and they're kind of feel good stories. I like to turn it off halfway through. I like to turn it off up until they get the surgery because the first half, almost to a person, they are terrible, unlikable, just spoiled, mean, nasty human beings who are miserable. Makes sense. I understand. But then they get, you know, they get the help and then they, then they become like actually true, great people. And then I no longer feel as good about myself. Once I realize they've overcome this colossal obstacle and really turned their life around for the better. Corey Graves has no time for that. I like the first half where I'm like, oh yeah, I'm better than this guy. This guy hasn't cleaned his house in 11 years. I vacuumed today. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> and the only problem is sometimes you get in a certain sort of headspace and you start watching my 600 pound life and I start getting ideas for snacks. And that's just, that doesn't work out well for anybody. I'm just going to let Graves have his own little moment there. I'm not even going to answer because that was too good. <laughs> well, Vic, I don't think you need to pile on, but yeah, you know, what's, I, I, what's I, your no, go-to? I, I sit there. If it's usually sports, uh, my life partner will put on Emily in Paris or something on Netflix and run through that, and I will just slowly fall asleep. I don't need the TV on. Tried Riverdale, but recently, Family Guy, I guess if I'm by myself, or Simpsons, something stupid and cartoony that's lighthearted and you can just drift off. Emily in Paris? I think she watches that. Flowers on the Wall? Pink Christmas trees and a pink Santa Claus. At what point, Vic, do you begin to wear an apron around the house? Uh, That's a cute pillow. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure being a part of After the Bell for 2021. Thank you so much for uh, entertaining the mailbag to close out the year. So I will hand it back to you so you guys can give your your favorite moments of the year. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Alex, for uh, helping keep us on course. Thank you to everybody who submitted your questions to the ATB mailbag. Uh, keep doing it. Hashtag ask ATB. A-S-K-A-T-B. We'll do this again sometime in the near future. But before we leave, before we kick off 2022 properly, we've got to look back, Vic, real quick. Top moment of 2021 for Vic Joseph. I will say I, I got a few things. I just real quick. Top moment for me with WWE Universe coming back. I mean, that's just having everybody back in the arenas is great. I think personally, we talked about this. You and I experienced um, a moment in time that if you weren't there, you, you don't have the feel for it. Even if you watched on television or you streamed it, it was being on the stage with Mr. McMahon to kick off 
WrestleMania in Tampa. So that to me is a, is a high moment because there's only a certain amount of us that got the honor to stand up there with him uh, on that evening. Edge winning the Rumble, Becky returning at SummerSlam were, were great moments for me. My favorite match that I had the ability to call Wow, was, Vic, you know, this is why you're never in charge of anything. Let me just give me, I'm getting through so you can go on your diatribe. Don't ruin mine now. I ask a question, you give and an I'm answer. It to you. You I said, ask give the me next few. question. No, God, no, no. I, I want to run you through suck. them and then you go ahead and run through them. Well, then I'll stop there and I'll give you my match no, when, no, when you're done. Fine. No, no, it's fine. It's fine, Vic. Screw it. You go. It's fine. Those are my three moments. I only gave you moments. I only asked for one. Well, I gave you three because it's too hard to tell. Well, if we're giving options now, let's think. I really enjoyed the breakfast I had at the Marriott now, see, in Nashville. <laughs> see, now you're just being mean about it. I had a great conversation backstage with MVP, which... That one I'd put up there for you, actually. That happens every week. All right, no, but seriously. 54 five, minutes without a fight, guys. 54 minutes. So just maybe I need to be in charge for most weeks here. Jeez. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> Unbelievable. Anyway, my top moment, I agree with you, Vic. Standing on the stage at WrestleMania, having the fans back, nothing will touch that. I am going to give an honorable mention to uh, becoming 24-7 champion. I mean, that was quite literally a moment. I did that, so I guess that's kind of cool. And uh, on a bit of a personal note, the night Big E cashed in the Money in the Bank contract to become WWE champion after defeating Bobby Lashley, cameras went down, end of the night, Show's over. He was just kind of basking in the afterglow of his big moment and just being able to have that second to go up and give him a big hug and tell him how much I appreciated him and his journey and, and for being a friend. Uh, that's something that will always stick with me. And thankfully, some fan in the, in the crowd caught a photo of it, which I, is all I have. But as far as WWE cameras and high quality, nothing exists. Uh, so, so I guess it never actually happened. But See, you had more than one. I knew you did. That's I just why filled I out my list well. because I, I couldn't. No, I you were going to all three anyways. All right. This is where I'm taking back over. Favorite match of 2021? Uh, for me, Ilya Dragunov, Walter, TakeOver Oof. 36, NXT UK Championship. To be there in that moment, ringside, calling that match, that one stands out to me personally. I got to agree. Hats off to those two for doing it without a crowd as well, which makes it all the more impressive, beating the living hell out of one another. For me, Crown Jewel, Hell in a Cell, Edge versus Seth Rollins, man. That is poetry from start to finish. That is what this business can be when everything clicks properly. Two of the best to do it. Beautiful story. Real emotion. Plenty of moments in that matchup. To me, that was hands down my favorite matchup of 2021. And before I let you go, Vic, I need a prediction. A bold prediction, if you will, about 2022 in WWE. Put me on the spot. Oh, I mean, you had nine answers for the last question I asked. Well, yeah, I was, those were my personal thoughts and feelings. I was very excited so about it. So what, are you trying I to find think, a prediction from someone else's brain? I think you are going to see the unification of championships, specifically the universal and WWE title. At one point this year, there will be a clash, whether it's Roman and Big E, whether it's Drew and and Bobby Lashley again, you will see the unification of the Universal and WWE title. You know what, Vic? That's not the craziest thing I've heard, and I don't hate it. And in a way, I kind of agree with it, and I can sort of piggyback my prediction off of that because to take your idea, champion versus champion, to unify into one true WWE world universal heavyweight champion, you got to have someone from Friday Night SmackDown. You got to have someone from Monday Night Raw. May we finally get Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley 
in a WWE ring in the year of our Lord, 2022. That is my prediction. That is my New Year's resolution. Hell, that's next year's Christmas wish. Give me Brock versus the Almighty at some point this calendar year. Please, I'm begging anyone that listens to make that happen. And you have an awkward way of somehow always bringing it up and bringing it into the universe. So I hope you're right. Well, let's see if my momentum continues into the new year. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again for hanging out with ATB through 2021. I promise you, we promise you, 2022 will be bigger and better than ever. Lots of great stuff coming down the pike. Good things come to those who wait. Happy New Year. Be safe. Make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find Vic at Vic Joseph WWE. Listen for free on Spotify. Search After the Bell. Smash the follow button so you never miss an episode. And we'll be back next year with more wisdom, more vitriol, more WWE After the Bell. Happy New Year, Graves. Thank you for being my friend. Traveled down the road and back again. My heart is full of Cut it. Cut it. Cut it.